I V M. Hello everyone, welcome to Triangle of Fans. This is Munish. I have Nishant here with me. The Lakers are on the cusp of winning the first ever NBA title in a decade. It's a long, long wait, uh, and it's coming to an end. Great game yesterday. Game four. AD and LeBron rising to the party after they slept through Game Three. Miami Heat did well, but not good enough. We'll talk all about that in today's episode. We'll talk all about who the who's leading in the race for the Finals MVP. Is it going to be LeBron? Is it going to be AD? Both had great games yesterday. Is it all over for Miami Heat finally? Is, uh, is it going to be Lakers in five, as we've been talking about? Is it going to be pushed to six? Is it going to be pushed to seven? We'll see all about that and a lot, lot more in today's episode. Hey Nishant, just one more win, just one step away from 17th NBA Championship. You're going to be the most successful. Uh, you'll be tied actually for the most successful uh, NBA team along with the Boston Celtics. But more than that, I think it's been a long wait. How does that feel? Yeah, I take full credit for the club's success. I think it's largely been me over the last two decades just willing things to to happen. So I have no shame in saying that. Um, you know, I'll accept payments. I'll accept gifts. I think this is all on me. 17 titles. Wow, that's a that's a big number. And What's even more impressive is is a bulk of those 17 titles came in the last two to three decades, you know, post TV rights and post basically the major league era. Yep. Whereas Boston, uh, a good what, 11 of their 17 at least came in the Bill Russell era when True. there was like three teams competing for the title each year and one of them would get injured throughout the... Yeah, and it was a short, the small league as well, right? Just 10 teams or something yeah. played in the yeah. 60s. And so, yeah. That's right. So, a different era, different rules, different. The level of pressure was entirely different because not a billion eyes were on each match and social media wouldn't erupt if you said Cancun on three and then you got showed up. It was just a whole different era. Um, so, I, I don't know how much those would count. And just, just in terms of recency bias and what fans will remember, this Lakers being dominant is is something that's real and emblazoned into the into the minds of anyone who watches basketball for the last two, three decades. Celtics, not, not so much. They've had some good teams, but not, not even close. Because, you know, Magic and that whole era and five rings happened. Kareem and that whole era and his his rings with the Lakers happened. Kobe and Shaq happened. Kobe again happened. So that that's just 10 rings right there. And then this is going to be the 11th one in the last three eras of superstars. So um, this is significant though. I think this is... Uh, one of the toughest titles that the team would have won because the previous time around when Kobe Bryant and Pau Gasol and and the whole squad, they picked up back-to-back titles. That was after a rebuild job of about four years. Four to five years is what it took. A couple of years, the Lakers just looked clueless largely because of ownership issues and Dr. Boss was getting older and his, his kids were taking over. But after that, they looked on track. And Kobe Bryant was light years ahead, the best player in the league. So it was only really a matter of time that they put a squad around him that was capable of challenging for the title. And they knew he'll get them to the promised land once they do do that. This was a lot more uncertain. Let's say from 2012 was pretty much the last time we saw fully healthy Kobe Bryant. After that, that was just injuries and decline. So from that point on, the Lakers were just dragging their heels. They didn't make any moves worth anything. They, They screwed a bunch of draft opportunities. A bunch of top five draft picks. I don't think they got any of them right, uh, including and especially picking Lonzo Ball when Jason Tatum was available, or or, or a bunch of other similar fuck ups. Right, we we can get into it and like D'Angelo Russell when there was Devin Booker um, available. So it doesn't doesn't really make too much too much sense there. 
after all of that, it, it just looked like they were going back and forth, tanking season, screwing up draft picks, and then repeat. It didn't look like they were headed anywhere as a franchise. And then the LeBron trade happened last year. But they couldn't do much else. They got LeBron, but they didn't really put anything else together. And that young core was simply not good enough at that stage in their careers. Seemed like a lost cause again. And, and then this summer happened. So essentially, in one postseason, they put together that AD trade where they gave up everyone in the squad worth anything except Kyle Kuzma. And I don't think he's worth all that much. Brought in AD, made a bunch of last last-minute moves for free agents and, and veteran players got most of them pretty bang on, I must say. And moves that they were forced to make at the last minute because they could have added a, a max contract superstar. And Kawhi Leonard was the guy they were chasing. Kawhi Leonard kind of left them high and dry in the last minute. And then they had to scramble and put together a squad. And I, I thought they did a spectacular job. Dwight Howard was an inspired signing um, when they needed him to come in. I thought that was a great, great move because Cousins... DeMarcus Cousins was supposed to be one of those marquee players and then he dropped out. So Dwight Howard was a great move towards the end. They got the best out of Javel McGee. I thought Rondo being in the squad really helped, though he wasn't a new addition this season. Um, all of the other players and pieces that they added in, right? Avery Bradley, all of these guys showed up, played well. Danny Green showed up, played well. Not so much in the postseason, but great performer anyway in the, in the regular season. Um, so I think... This means a lot. It wasn't something that anyone saw coming with a lot of certitude. So that it being delivered now, assuming the Lakers close this out from here on, this is one of the most significant titles that the Lakers would win. Absolutely. We were in danger of having a very boring finals, right? The way the Lakers ran right in game one. In game two, Miami showed up, but then you knew that Lakers were too good and it was 2-0 before they even knew it. And it, we were in danger of having a most, I mean, a very forgetful finals. We expect Miami to, I mean, you expect the finals to be much more closer than that. And Miami looked in, not in the same league as the Lakers. And then you had the Jimmy Butler Great, great performance, 40, uh, triple-double, 40-point triple-double. And then you thought, okay, it's not as one-sided as you thought it was. Butler, even though alone, he was taking the fight up to the Lakers. Yesterday, it was a very close game. I mean, 102-96, very low-scoring game. But Miami were in the game until the last minute. And until the Lakers showed up, AD closing the game with that great dagger at the end, kind of closed it. But it was a close game. It, at least now you can't say that, okay, it was totally one-sided. I can't say I fully agree with this because at the end of the day, the Lakers are 3-1 up in the series and that's all people are going to remember. While watching the games, it might seem like a lot and we remember all the little things, uh, you know, what Tyler Hero did when Jimmy Butler made a clutch shot to keep it close. That memory is fresh today. Three days later, it's going to be Lakers 3-1 and you're not really going to remember all the nitty-gritties. A season later, if the Lakers win in five, that's all you remember and you remember how dominant these those Lakers were. Remember AD and LeBron and those Lakers? Closed out a series in five. Closed out every series in five. Gentlemen sweep throughout the postseason. Can you believe people actually doubted that they'll win? And it's going to be that kind of narrative, right? So I, these sometimes games seem a lot more important in recency than they really are when you look back at them a year later, two years later. Because if you if you go back to the Philadelphia series when Lakers also won in five. Also, I, I, I refer to that particularly because A, it's the Lakers and B, they also had a mercurial performance from Allen Iverson in one game where he went off for 48 and uh, kind of, that's the one game that Philadelphia won. People remember that performance, sure. And people might remember this Jimmy Butler performance, but they'll remember that the Lakers won easy. A team wins in five. It doesn't matter how close any of those five games were or how close all of those five games were, they won in five. I mean, it's a, it's a close ser- series only when it goes to game six. Even then, not really. If it goes to Game 7, yeah, now we're talking. So, yeah, uh, Miami, I, I think they're being outclassed. Yeah, I, I think they're a little out of their, their depth. I think the team has already overachieved this season just by getting to the finals. Um, if anything, I would take this season as a great showcase of what this team is capable of. 
and and that they're really not that far from being a finished product they don't need as much as other teams do in terms of moves it's not like they desperately need some marquee trades although they, they can go down that way and and strengthen but but the core that they have the players that they have they're going to mature they're going to get better they're going to add moves to their arsenal you know bam adebayo will add more low post moves he'll improve his defense hero will start uh, to understand how to influence the momentum of the game and not just be a sharp shooter which which i fully think he can which is first season it's incredible what he's achieving so he's going to get a lot better than what he is um, and by that i mean he's going to learn to hurt teams in more ways than one and that's going to happen and kendrick nunn's going to develop and robinson is going to become a, a, a more confident sharp shooter because you can't have that kind of shooting skill set and then not attempt a three or attempt just three threes like he did in the previous game and stuff like that so they've got a lot of pieces to figure out i think they have already way overachieved with the squad so it'll be really interesting to see where they come next season but they're out of their depth here and, and i do expect lakers in five still i know i said six in the beginning and switched but it looks more and more likely that the lakers are going to close it out in five absolutely uh, look like the uh, lakers played pretty smart yesterday uh, they had 22 fouls in the previous two games and just 14 fouls yesterday and look like they committed to not making that many fouls and because uh, in the previous game ad was in foul trouble early on and then you saw what happened he slept through the rest of the game he was not the aggressive is not his aggressive self and then miami just took it over from there yesterday they made sure that they were not getting the wrong calls they were not getting close calls and then once you do that once you have ad in his usual beast mode you just take it on so, i mean he got what 22 points 9 rebounds almost a double double there and he played 42 minutes compared to what he played in the previous game just 33 minutes the lakers knew that if ad was on the court they are going to win regardless of regardless if he's if he's not sleeping through the game right they're winning he doesn't have to be at his best he just doesn't need to sleep through the game yeah yeah no doubt um look uh, the foul point actually is something i find really interesting because we watched the game and the game was largely quite close but the lakers seemed in control almost throughout there were moments where they were bothered by miami but they seemed in control throughout and then you know in the last few minutes they just showed showed who the big dog is on on the court and they just closed it out a lot more efficiently miami i, I felt um, took a couple of panic shots made uncharacteristic decisions in shot making because usually we always credit this team for a incredible off the ball movement and b the ability to always find an open man with the ball and they did that for large parts of this game uh, including somebody like a duncan robinson as good as he is from the three point line he had a kind of semi contested three point opportunity he chose to ball fake dribble in and kick it out to crowd i think it was who uh, no uh, it was igodala who switched to three great play right a sharp shooter like that you won't really blame him if he goes ahead and takes the shot it wasn't really a fully contested shot attempt wouldn't have been but he chose to dribble it out he noticed igodala was open got him an open shot and they hit that shot so this is what the heat do best and this is something that i felt they got a little flustered the lakers defense didn't allow them to do that towards the closing stages of the game and as a result you saw some hero ball you saw some shots that are not very high percentage um, some some hail mary just toss it up and hope it goes in kind of shots and that's really where the game was lost now um turnovers points of turnovers second chance opportunities etc etc we can keep drilling down and there'll be minute differences here and there but i think it it largely came down to to the stars right the, your, who are your two best scorers and how well can the squad supplement them and for the lakers it was ad and lebron and for the heat it was um, tyler hero and and jimmy butler and largely they had the same number of attempts each largely they hit the same number of shots each the the difference however was lebron went to the line 12 times hit 10 of those 
and and lakers largely limited the fouls that they were committing so no no heat player really went to the line all that much nobody was in double digits in free throws attempted uh, they certainly didn't get those kind of scoring opportunities so they had to work a lot more um to get their points also they had to use a lot more of the shot clock and the time to get their points and and that that ultimately proved to be the difference so the so great defensive game overall from the lakers uh, including but not limited to um, their ability to avoid fouling and still maintain a tight ship in game 3 it was all jimmy butler he kind of out lebron lebron you could say he had a very lebronish like game he took on lebron one on one and got a 40 point triple double not a regular triple double yesterday uh, he almost got another triple double but it wasn't as effective as game 3 because he was well defended and i think they switched ad on him and he had 11 points in first quarter don't forget that and it looked like it would be a repeat and it would go down to the wire yet again but after that they stifled him kind of he just got 11 points in the remaining three quarters he just shot 3 out of 12 i think in the last three quarters and when ad was on him he was not getting anything off so they kind of switched the game apart they they knew what he was strong at that was driving to the rim getting those points and he got, he was outclassing even lebron when doing that so yesterday they kind of switched the strategy and then then once you render him useless you're not going to win after that Yeah, that's a that's a good observation. I, I thought so too. I think the AD switch was a genius move by Coach Vogel. I think that made all of the difference. LeBron, it's not like he can't defend Butler, but it's going to ask a lot of LeBron to to lead the offense, make all the plays, uh, make all the points, and then come back and uh, you know defend the best guy. Uh, AD is just younger, fitter. He's got the size advantage even more than LeBron does. So I think it was a great great move to put him on on Jimmy Butler. And it wasn't so AD wasn't. the first choice on a switch it wasn't like there's a pick and roll switch and then it's ad's responsibility to get butler he was tracking butler aggressively like picking him up from the arc tracking him and and remember what we said in the previous game what's incredible about that 40 point triple double was jimmy butler shot no threes in that game that's what made it astounding in this era at least that's astounding and and i love what the lakers did because they took so they kind of took that stat and they flipped it on jimmy butler's head and they were almost daring him to shoot three pointers whenever he caught the ball beyond the arc and that's pretty much how they treated westbrook in the western semifinals and jimmy butler hesitated he didn't he didn't take as many threes as he should and if that's a weakness that they've exposed then they're going to keep pounding on it uh, butler did himself no favors by the way he took three attempts eventually and he missed all three uh, from beyond the arc so that's that's unfortunately a shortcoming for him that the lakers seem to have identified and they're capitalizing on um, and the the reason why putting ad on him is so genius is because they're going to dare him to shoot from 3 and so far it is worked he hasn't hit a 3 um, all game so that's two games now in the finals that he's not hit a single three pointer now what does he do really well he drives to the basket well he picks out the open man well uh, once he draws the double team and he's pretty good at mid range and and points in the paint kind of finishing now now then the challenge um, is once ad is on him he's got to dribble past him he's going to put the moves on ad that's not easy to do even if he creates that one inch of separation ad is going to always come back for the block because he's got that height and he's got that length and he's got that wingspan uh driving past ad is not easy ad can easily move back in and be a rim protector it just changes the dynamic so much because now jimmy butler doesn't come to the rim um with an open passage way or some momentum where he can use that pace to beat the rim protector he's got to take the rim protector to the rim and then beat him so he's not really getting any momentum it's kind of like how they defended yanis coming back to bite them so i thought putting ad on jimmy butler was a genius move because if you take butler out of the equation <clears throat> who do you have in the in the team that can score in the paint because if ad moves out the paint is kind of exposed that's the only risk who do you have that can score in the paint bam 
um you've got to put a big guy on him he's not really that offensive threat that he can be going forward right now he's not at that level so putting a dwight howard on him that's just they're going to shut him down all season long he's going to get a few points but largely a restricted display and that's that's pretty much it everyone else in the heat team is an outside shooter they're not really a paint paint scorer so i thought coach vogel again heavily underrated i think he's made some amazing decisions throughout this season including benching howard and magi for the rocket series making dwight howard a starter for this series so that he takes all the pounding from bam and kind of wears bam down leaving ad free to to be the offensive beast that he is there there have been so many decisions that that i've loved from coach vogel all of that uh, all of the disrespect all of the questions that they threw at him when he was appointed as the lakers coach um like right in front of him reporters were asking the gm with vogel present um he was your third choice fourth choice what do you have to say about not being able to get the other one stuff like that who's laughing now totally uh we'll talk about lebron he almost had his fourth triple double in four games he never got to the triple double just missing out by a bit but uh, how good was kcp because all season long we've been we've been making jokes about him memes about him but when it mattered in this post season he's been phenomenal uh yesterday again he put on 15 points uh he scored like 43 pointers in this nba final which is the second highest ever for a lakers team after kobe bryant that's an incredible stat line and yesterday not just the 15 points but he got clutch points he got points when it mattered he started off the game pretty fast he scored eight of the first 10 points that lakers scored and then even in game 1 if you remember he got those two incredible threes which kind of put lakers on track to overtake miami heat and kind of gave them the momentum he's been we talk all all day long about lebron we talk all day long about ad we talk about how rondo's running the running the show with his assists and passes but kcp has kind of been underrated this post season yeah but i think he's had some games where he's shown up big um and he's definitely one of those players that has elevated in the post season uh, that had largely been disappointing in the regular season danny green in fact looked better than him in a lot of games in the regular season and they've kind of had a reversal of fortunes because green has just about disappeared i know he has 10 points in this game but i mean he's a shell of what he was i i look at danny green as a defender first he's an incredible perimeter defender and then he's a good three point shooter so the good old 3 and d model threes are not falling even in this game it wasn't anything to write home about um and the defense has just completely disappeared he's nowhere at that level so he's dare i say washed um he's not the same danny green that we saw in san antonio or even in toronto last season with kawai so that's that's disappointing but kcp boy did he step up 40 43 pointers is it in the post season but, but that's that's pretty amazing and his um also the defensive hustle that's underrated because he's stepped up um and where danny green doesn't get it done on the perimeter kcp has actually stepped up his defense and it's largely him and rondo um that man the perimeter and lebron kind of keeps switching in and out depending on who's on the floor so that's another underrated angle uh, to him and and just the lakers defense overall because caruso has also been pretty good in defense kuzma actually has been quite effective when he's on colwell pops 15 points that's priceless in in addition to your big two scoring because we've always said this right the lakers need just one other guy to go off it can be kuzma it can be marcus markif morris it can be um colwell pop any of these guys they need one more guy to get mid to high tens um in points and they're home and they're home one more thing to add on kcp is uh, uh he's a confidence player and you saw that all through the regular season whenever he had a bad game and social media was kind of lambasting him about the bad game you would always see ad and kuzma and dwight howard and all of these guys be extra vocal on on the internet about how they have his back he's their guy he's he's the real deal all of that 
and you saw them make an extra concerted effort uh, in games following that whenever he hit a big bucket or he drove aggressively or got a dunk put back dunk whatever the reaction would be exaggerated but great to see from the bench and that's leadership that's org that's that's culture and they always kind of put him back in that zone of confidence because it's not like he doesn't have the skill but he tends to be streaky at times and when he's high he, like in this game when his shots were dropping when was the last time you saw kcp drive to the basket with that kind of confidence in the last 2 minutes of a game i mean it hardly ever happens you wouldn't have the balls to do that when ad and lebron are on the floor but he did it scored clutch points and and that kind of pushed the pushed the game away from miami so um again it's great to see this it's something that that i think they can sustain um because usually when his confidence is high he starts taking better shots he starts you know the difference between a confident and a not so confident kcp is when he's not confident and he gets the ball beyond the arc he either passes it away that's the worst case or he takes a bad shot or a contested shot a confident kcp will either take a semi contested shot and make it or he's actually going to fake that shot dribble into the basket and score or at least take a better percentage shot make the better basketball play because he believes he can and because he's not actively looking to get rid of possession so I, they they should keep pounding on that because i think that's welcome relief for them uh, from from taking burden away from the load that's on ad and lebron to score and when you talk about the nba finals you can't keep lebron out of the discussion like i said he almost had his fourth triple double of the finals uh when lebron is leading you can't really take the game away from him right even yesterday when miami seemed like they came back in the game they leveled the scores almost they just ran away and it kind of stems from his leadership his push his his willingness to not let that lead disappear and this is an incredible stat i read uh the lakers are 56 and 0 this season when they've led uh when they've gone into the fourth quarter with a lead so if they finish quarter 3 with a lead they're 56 and 0 and that's a record the second best in fact is uh, lebron's cleveland in 2017 where they ended up with 50 and 1 so in his last two full seasons you could say lebron is 106 and 1 when they're leading when he goes into the game when he goes into fourth quarter with a lead and that's an incredible stat because he's someone who does who knows that if you kind of relax you're going to lose the game and he's a guy who pushes who's a guy who's willing his players on and you could see that even in game 1 when they were leading by what 50 60 points uh i was joking 20 30 points uh you could see that he was screaming at his players when they relaxed a bit and like no we're not going to let this go and he was some of the players took the brunt of his anger so i'm i'm sure it's all over for the miami heat now it's it's going to be over in five most probably but how good is lebron when he comes comes to this when he comes to pushing his players to go achieve the best nothing better than best is satisfactory enough for him and not just him his whole team has to be at his level you know all the goat discussions that happen and is it jordan is it kobe is it magic curry and blah 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 that list is endless and often you're comparing across eras you're comparing across systems and it, it really doesn't make sense it, um, to to say one guy is so much better than the other but the one department where lebron is head and shoulders above most other players there are equals is his ability to make every single guy in the team better and and the era that he is in facilitates that kind of play also it facilitates team ball and so his approach kind of really works because you put a good squad around lebron he he's found this pattern where he invests almost the entire regular season kind of playing at 60% of his of his best and his best is really nothing that any team can handle but he's going to play at 60% of his best and he's going to get everyone else going he's going to make ad believe he is the offensive weapon and the main guy on the team he's going to get kcp's confidence up he's going to invest time in 
um, bringing up Danny Green's defense if it's down, etc., 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 and he kind of keeps piecing together what he thinks they need. Always spaces himself. He's also developed a pretty good insulation mechanism because every like early on in the season they faced the Clippers and all of the media is like, is LeBron going to face up against Kawhi? Is he going to take the challenge? He's doing his own thing. So some days he decides to show up. Some days he decides to just keep working on the team project. Um, but he's really found this. You can't. It can't be coincidence that somebody makes nine finals in ten years just like that. Even if you're in the East for most of that. So he's found this pattern where he kind of cuts back on defense a bit in the regular season. He cuts back on playing full throttle offense uh, a lot of times. He, he does have games where he goes off, and he's largely invested in making the team better, making the system better, making it all one cohesive unit. And then come playoffs, if he has a if he has a luxury like AD, then they're going to bank on each other and and get through. But whenever he needs to step up, take over games, and finish it, he can. And the best example of that um, is notice any time. an opponent makes a clutch play or an aggressive play knocks down a defender goes and gets a big bucket and you feel like the momentum is swinging lebron has that one weapon that pretty much nobody else in the league has maybe anis but he still got a little bit of learning to do to get there his ability to pick up the ball drive to the basket no matter what and get that shot to go in it's either an and one or it's going to go in that's unparalleled there's nobody in the league that can do it with that level of consistency you put two bodies on him you throw three people at him he's just going to ramrod his way through all the way to the basket and with his ridiculous athleticism hang time he's going to stay up there as long as it takes until he gets an open gap to shoot the ball and he's going to put it in and he lands and he does that whole you know gymnast landing thing where often times it's off balance sometimes he falls down but there's no way that shot misses and and the momentum's right back it's a sucker punch right back at the at the opponents uh, that's an underrated feature to his game but that's the one thing that makes him damn near unstoppable and when you put when you put somebody like butler on him to try and stop that he has now developed a pretty good step back three so he hits that so what do you do to stop the guy really you double triple team him is the best passer in the game he's going to find somebody open and he has spent all season all regular season making sure that when the ball gets to an open guy more often than not they're going to sink that shot He invested time in pretty much everyone. Danny Green's the only one that didn't quite work out. So LeBron, for me, he's the best in the world at um, getting the most out of whatever squad that he has. I don't think anyone else is even close. Not Kobe, not Jordan. I don't think anyone's even close. I would still, I'm still a fan of the style of gameplay of of Kobe and Jordan. I'm more of that era of a guy. But this is undeniably something that LeBron is the goat at. So. Uh... all over for the heat then there have been 36 nba finals of which uh, in which the team a team has led 3-1 50% of them have ended 4-1 you think it's going to it's going to be over in 5 i mean we've talked all about it we had bam back yesterday and they did put on a better performance dragic he tried to be back you could see him practicing and limping and but he was just not match fit and i don't think he'll be match fit for games uh, game 5 i don't think they'll take that risk either it's not worth it It's all over for the Heat then. I, I, for me, honestly, it, it was over even before the series started. Uh, my only dilemma was Lakers in five or Lakers in six. Um, I genuinely, I no disrespect here. I think the Heat are outmatched. I think in general, also even if this team was ready, I think it's just a bad matchup for them. The Lakers don't they don't quite match up very well against the Lakers. It's a bit like Houston. There are teams that the Houston Rockets can take down, but Lakers is just a horrible matchup for them. like all ends of the floor is just a bad matchup and it's the same for Miami they simply don't have the size let's start there 
their biggest player is who bam adbayo lakers have like seven eight players that are his size and that can go shoulder to shoulder with him and then there's ad who's guarding ad forget the size mismatch like even if you have that size who's guarding ad and if somebody can even match up to lebron um height wise are you really matching up to the width and the freight train capabilities because who's guarding lebron it's just a bad match up all round um even even the boston celtics for that i think toronto would have been the most interesting match up for the lakers in terms of how they can set up defensively to take on the lakers because i think either boston or miami whichever one came to the finals out of said is a bad match up and the lakers are going to win in 5 or 6 uh, it doesn't matter if dragic is back they'll be lucky to stretch this to 6 series is over yeah it does look like the series is over and miami i mean lakers are going to win in 5 does that mean lebron is going to win his finals mvp again i mean the first time in 17 seasons by the way that he's not led his team in uh, points scored because he's passed on the baton we spoke about this in the previous episode where he's passed on the leader status to anthony davis you go you go be the guy and he's kind of selflessly done that do you think they're going to give him the finals mvp they're going to give ad the finals mvp because the three games that they won he's been super effective the one game that he slept they lost Yeah, I, there's no argument that AD is the difference maker on this team because LeBron pretty much nullifies everything else and when AD shows up it's game over and when he doesn't as always it's all it's going to be down to what do you interpret as valuable <laughs> because take LeBron out of this team yeah it's it's not even a contest take AD out of this team it's probably a very very tight contest uh, and and you know anyone could go ahead and win it so some people are going to argue that that's the question that lebron james gives and why others can be great and that's true you can't really argue against that lebron really does do that but for me the mvp award shouldn't be this complicated it should just be who do you think has been the best player in the series it's not a uh, it's not a referendum on who's the greatest player alive and breathing it's not a referendum on who should be paid the highest next season none of that none of that matters who was the best performer in the series just like regular season mvp i felt yanis thoroughly deserved it because he was the best performer now you can tell me lebron did all that at 60% of his full level he did it coming back he did it at 36 he did it while getting his team to be better it's all true but it's an individual regular season award the mvp let's not complicate it so much and and lebron has a bunch of those anyway it's not like he's missing out um finals mvp i i must confess i haven't seen a race this tight you'd have to go quite a few years back because we've seen squads kind of win it and it's tight because everyone chipped in but not where two performers have been outperforming everyone and it's still so tight between the two of them the only reason that at this stage i'm leaning towards ad is like you mentioned he's been the is the the alpha and the difference maker in the three games that they won and the one game where he slept even with a lebron triple double or a near triple double they they still couldn't couldn't get it done right and the reason why i value ad's play so much is because he's doing it on both ends of the floor not only is he leading the team on scoring he's also contributing on rebounds i don't know who leads leads on rebounds but i'm sure ad's right up there but he's also been their defensive beast their alpha including but not limited to taking on the assignment of guarding the best player on the other team he shut down jimmy butler there's no other way to say that come clutch time he shut down jimmy butler in game 4 and he's going to do that again um, they're going to i think they found a winning formula there so dominance on both ends of the floor leader in points i, th- I think it should be ad but it's damn close i won't really um, complain whether it goes to lebron or ad 
totally that's going to be an interesting thing because that's the only thing that's left to watch out for because Lakers are going to win it in five. Uh, the next game is on Friday, Saturday morning for uh, India time. That's going to be a great weekend to wake up to. Lakers winning the chip. We'll talk all about that. We'll talk. Uh, we'll probably have one episode before that where we'll look back at the playoffs yeah. because it was a long, long playoffs. It was one of a kind because, or one of only one of a kind because it was all played without crowds. It would have been amazing if this was in Staples Arena and down in Miami, right? But that's some something that went missing this time. But Hey, you, it is what it is, and then the Lakers just made the most of it. Yeah, it is what it is. But uh, full credit to the NBA, like we mentioned a bunch of times before. I think they've done a phenomenal job of putting this together. Honestly, outside of the first few games in the bubble, I've, I've not even realized that this is happening in a bubble. They've done a great job with the commentary, with the setup, with all of those giant screens simulating the best they can of a dynamic game environment. It also helps a great deal that we're in an era where every second guy is a gamer. So everyone knows what the 2K interface looks like. And this is basically a very high-end graphics 2K gaming interface. So, so that kind of made it easy and familiar. But um, kudos to the NBM. I think they've done the best job of any professional sports league at, at organizing games without crowds and making them look as real as possible. Absolutely. We'll talk all about that. We'll talk all about, uh, we'll give out our postseason awards, our own triangle offense awards, and we'll see who wins that award. We can decide if. If AD is not going to win the finals MVP, we can give him that award. Yeah, we'll give him. <laughs> yeah, all right. Sounds good. <laughs> but it's fun talking to you. Uh, we'll catch up soon.